Hey, people. Thank you for not giving up on me. I uh, took the summer off. Got to spend some time with my wife. Uh, wrote a little music. Went out for karaoke a couple times, which I'd missed. Uh, that was super fun. Just kind of relaxed for a few months. Um, but, you know, started getting the itch. So had to come back, start doing episodes again. Now, though, with the new ones, can be a little more intermittent. Just, you know, see when a good episode presents itself, and then I'll throw it up. But uh, I'm not trying to do them every week or two like I was before. It's just uh, a little too much. But, uh, yeah, this episode was a real fun one. Uh, I talked to some identical twins, uh, one of which was a friend from my college chemistry class. Um, twins make great guests because you give them a question, they run with it, they play off each other. Uh, they had a lot of interesting things to say, a lot of observations about their life as twins, and uh, I think you guys will enjoy the episode. So uh, here it is. It's the Uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. It's been a long time since I've done an episode, but it's uh, good to finally jump back on it. Today, I actually have two guests on the show. They're hosts of a podcast called Cryptophagia Decoding Twin Talk. They are also identical twins. I have Sarah and Rebecca, or Becca Aguirre. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> hey, what's up? Hello. Thanks for having us. So you're podcasters now. It's official. Official. We have one episode out there. Yep. Yeah. So working on episode two. <laughs> do you uh do you guys listen to a lot of podcasts? I do. A few. A few. What um, podcast do you listen to? I like the true crime ones. So like right now I've been listening to Morbid. It's uh oh, I think that's a good one. Yeah, right. Yes. I, I enjoy the way like their format and whatnot. So I um they're two interesting girls. <laughs> uh, yeah. <okay. laughs> yeah, the true crimes true crime ones are really popular um yeah. how about you becca um i listen to everything from love letters which is the boston globes um like podcast version of their you know um letters to abby and um and i do true crime i've done um like the health and wellness podcast where they talk about finances or there's some some dating ones where they record first time dates that are virtual and oh. you get to hear all the awkwardness. And I think that's just hilarious. So yeah, they, oh, and then when the, the, when the date starts to lull, um, the host will like submit questions to them to talk to each other. <laughs> it's you like know. a game show. Yeah, it is kind of, <laughs> but it's kind of funny. And it's just, you know, you can see it's, it's being part of a first date without being part of a first date. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, all right. So there's a lot to cover here. Um, okay. I figured yeah. I'd just go chronologically and then branch off from that. Uh, so <laughs> let's dive into childhood a little bit. All right. You ready? Yes. When <laughs> when I listened to your podcast, you guys said uh, sometimes your family refers to you as an entity, like the twins. Yes. So does that, I mean, it probably doesn't seem weird to you guys, but do you feel like you're treated differently because you're often treated as an entity? Yes, sometimes. Like, I think we mentioned in there sometimes if like when it came to people are doling out resources or whatnot and having having one left over and we were the two, they were just like, give it to, you know, they would make a share. So stuff like that, minor stuff. Um, Which I'm sure had pros and cons, right? Because yeah, right, like, right. you guys are I probably it, so used to sharing at this point. Right, exactly. I think that in a way we were always... I don't know. It was weird because I think it was just always assumed that we would always do everything together, right? So right. even though we were able to do things separately, I think they just thought it didn't matter. Um, like, I don't think they asked us individually if we were going to do something. It could be anything from going to the grocery store to like, oh, do you guys want to do ballet? It was always we were going to go and 
do everything together. Taking so. for granted that we would always be there together, have the same response as far as wanting to do a certain activity. Yes. So you guys had like all the same hobbies? Most of them. Most of them, yeah. We uh, we only separated a little bit. Like mm-hmm. when I wanted to continue with ballet, she did like piano or something else. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Um, I was not coordinated even <laughs> she was and I was not so I was not having ballet but we did every but we started every activity together like mm-hmm. we did softball soccer we, yes so it was gymnastics yes it was just so a lot of sports program. yes you know we're, our parents were the ones that wanted us to be well-rounded so we did it, everything when we were younger and because there's just two of us they would just you know shove us into the same league the same class and, <laughs> right like, you know go well for it's it. probably nice too to have someone you know with you all the time that's like, true you, never feel awkward completely at least no we actually talk about that sometimes that that's I think it's harder for us to make friends or maintain friends because we don't feel most people will put an effort towards your friendships right because you have that those are your friends you want to spend time with them you need to cultivate them to make them last we never felt that pressure in a way because it's like if we lose friends well it doesn't matter because we always had a best friend anyways right right so it was a little bit harder for us to I think uh we just didn't put as much effort as a normal person well, would. Well, I think not necessarily into the relationship. I think it was just keeping them. Like yeah. if for some reason we fell out of touch with them, we wouldn't go back and be like, oh, hey, like, you know, how's life? I'm right. lonely, right. so let me go reach out to yeah. somebody. Right. Gotcha. So I was thinking about something uh, for this podcast. Like uh, I was the middle child. Right. Like, I remember. My brother's four years older. My sister's three and a half years younger. Oh. So I always felt closer with each of them is closer with each with each of them more than they were with each other mm-hmm. um the do, bridge. yeah but do either of you feel like maybe you're closer to one of your brothers than the other twin is yeah so okay so yeah. i think becca and our younger brother nicholas because he's about like a year and a half younger than we are mm-hmm. um i think they developed more of a bond than i did with him so i would say like obviously their bond isn't as close as we are but like i think in general they're probably like he probably they share more of the same um hobbies and interests well i guess personalities oh okay yes Mm -hmm. that's true but it also started younger because there were times when sarah wouldn't want to play with him for whatever she would maybe go (laughs) going through one of your moods or i don't know you just didn't have the time of day for him sometimes and so yeah (laughs) we say it like that i know that's kind of what it amounts to right and so he would come back to me and ask me to play with him like it would be like as if laura came up to you and was like hey brad play with me and you're like you know what laura i don't have time for you right now and then she would go then to your brother and be like he's not playing with me i don't think it was time of day i just think it was like i just wasn't in the mood to play and he wanted to so i would end up doing it no matter what and we kind of just formed a little bit of a bond that way all right. Well, um, I obviously met you later on. We were mm-hmm. taking college classes in our 20s. Um, so making friends separately is probably happening a lot more in adulthood than it did in childhood, I would imagine. Did you guys have separate friend groups growing up or were you pretty much hanging out with all the same people? Same people, huh? Most, I mean, because they separated us in elementary school, they thought it was mm-hmm. it would be better for us for that for socialization. Right. Um, I think we did sometimes attend like different class parties, like birthday parties, because oftentimes you know, like you invite people in your class, right. and we didn't always have that. Um, but I would say probably like eighty percent of our people were the same, mm-hmm. and then because like, like even in high school you would make class friends yeah that i didn't have the same class with that's true so you sort of do have you know a l- we had a little bit of different friendships but they were again they were not like serious friendships yeah, i would say true. everything that was serious we we always had the same yeah. friends group mm-hmm. until probably i would say i moved to tucson right and then mm-hmm. yeah when i moved to tucson that's when i think we really started we fell out of our, each other's orbit so i really developed excuse me, a lot of friendships that she never met, people she never met. Mm-hmm. And then when we came back, that kind of, that trend just kept, stayed there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so you guys talked a little bit on your show about uh, interacting with the public. Yes. How people, like strangers will approach you, um, which has got to have a little bit of the feel of being a celebrity, even though they don't know who you are. Right. 
Um, uh, <laughs> like that B-list celebrity that they're like, I'm going to talk to you, but I, you know, you're, you're, I don't really know you. I just remember recognizing you. Maybe but... more of like a C-list oh, or like okay. television star. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> like like so cable, proper, so star. cable network. Yeah, cable network. Yeah. So do you guys like that attention? Does it get old? Does it happen a lot? Uh, I think it keeps life interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it ever gets old. I think we're always actually constantly surprised that it, keeps that it still happens yeah. to this day. Um, like for instance, okay. Um, so I was working with the city of Mesa until recently and Beck had already been working there for a long time and she works in the parks and rec department. And I was in forensics. Um, when I first started the people in her department would come over to our ability to service it. And they thought I was her. And there is no reason for them to really think this because she has no reason to be in the building right. other than I guess they thought like maybe she transferred or something and didn't, they just did, happened not to know. Right. Um, it would have been a pretty big transfer though. <laughs> yes. And so for the first probably like six weeks to two months, I was like all the time, like the guys would ask me like, oh, hey, Rebecca, or like, you know, like they just would assume that I was her. Like no thought put into it. Yes. No thought. And so when I would tell them like, oh no, like that's my sister, like I'm new here, I just started. And then they they were like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? Like, and then on it was always like Rebecca's sister yeah. or- Yeah, they didn't even call her Sarah. No. They didn't even ask me it was Rebecca's sister. Yeah, and then, or the ones that found out later who didn't meet me first and then came to the building, they'd be like, oh, you're sister yeah. and then one guy actually told me he's like this is so weird for me right now you can't you can't imagine her to be talking to you right now <laughs> like, what? so um, we, we were at the gym the other day actually this happened week two weeks ago one yeah, week ago uh, three, like two weeks ago two weeks ago she is going to this um, gym called jabs and um she's doing a pt there and the you know how all the gyms have a front desk person who right. you know yeah. Okay. So I go there after she's been attending for a few weeks and the guy sees her and is about to greet her and then sees me. He's like, wait a second. Are you guys twins? You know, yeah. and that <laughs> happens all the time. And sometimes I find I'm a little embarrassed about it because I don't always want to be like the center of attention. It's just, it just, sometimes it's a little embarrassing, I think, but yeah. it's, it's just fun. I just take it in good fun because people yeah. just, he just kept looking like at each of us in turn, like going back and forth. Yeah. And like, I think you guys should have braided your hair. <laughs> so we get those silly comments and you're just like, okay. <laughs> so is it a lot of the same questions over and over? Yes. yes. Yeah. Not a lot of variation. Um, I think you get some people that are a little bit braver and they'll like ask a bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. And then there are some people that will just generally ask like, oh, so what's it like being a twin? Or right. but there's like four or five basic questions that have just iterations of those questions That's that they're true. all still asking the same well, thing. Uh, of all those questions that haven't been asked yet, I'll probably hit most of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope there's some diversity. Here. Leave it to Brad. Leave it to Brad. Yeah. Um, Let's see. We talked about school. Let's talk a little bit about pop culture. Uh, twins seem kind of like a phenomenon that's always been interesting to the public. Like, true. Both positively and negatively. I mean, you think of like the '90s, like made it like a yes. gimmick, like Full mm-hmm. House and sister, 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 Chris sister Cross. commercials. They what they weren't. Chris twins. Cross weren't twins. Yeah. What? They weren't twins. Oh. <laughs> Wait. They were fun, though. That was sister and sister, but crisscross isn't. Oh, no, no, no. But they made it because of the whole jumpsuits and stuff like that. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Moving on. Okay. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> but then, like, you look back at things like The Shining, where they try to make twins creepy. And Yes, absolutely. So did you guys have any, like, twin fiction, quote unquote, that you were into? Or was it just kind of silly to you? Or what are your thoughts no. on it? we definitely lap it up right like so we watched <laughs> full season all the time watch sister sister um i think what's in, i think what we do is we compare it to how yeah. we are so like oh that's not true or oh yeah we do that too oh or, yeah or like you know oftentimes in these shows they'll like depict like a twin has to be one personality type or like or the versus the yeah. other like one's going to be arty and one's going to be sporty or one's going to be this and one's going to be that right like they can't be similar um and so we always are like well that's not necessarily true right. and I don't know. Did you ever feel pressured to like be one or the other? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. It's like, uh, I mean, it kind of shows how, you know, representation has been a big thing 
topically uh-huh. lately, especially with like the Little Mermaid stuff oh, yeah. going on right now. Right. So I didn't even think of twin representation, but I'm sure it's exciting for you to see someone like you that you can dissect from a third person perspective. Or I guess well, a I, fourth person perspective. A fourth yeah. person perspective, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I think what's interesting is we don't necessarily like, it's not necessarily representation, but we uh, we like to dissect how they're choosing to put twins out there, you know? like right how fantastic they're making their possibilities in life. <laughs> I don't know. I think I would like to see something that's a little bit more believable than like Echoes where she, I didn't watch Echoes, but Sarah didn't. She told me kind of the premise of the show and I'm just like, that's ridiculous. Like they share a lot. Like, like they, that doesn't happen. They spend a whole year of each other's life, like, you know, with their husband and their child and they pretend to be that person. And I think that's just ludicrous. Right. But I like the shows that are a little bit more believable where it's a more akin to us and what we have. Cause I feel like we, I feel like what we have is pretty um, similar to what a lot of other twins might have. Yeah, but none of the shows are believable. But some of them are a little bit more believable. Mm. (laughs) I like how I can give you a topic and you both just run with it for me. And I can just... Sorry. (laughs) No, it's good. It's content. This is twindom in action. We ignore our host. Yeah. That's also another, yeah. What it's like to be a twin, you see that right there. That's what happens. Yeah, I'll just like give you a topic and then I'll go have lunch and then come back. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Um, so a lot, a thing I saw a lot in like TV shows and movies with twins is uh, a lot of switcheroo situations mm-hmm. and pranks. Yeah. Did you guys ever do anything like that growing up? I think we were kind of too scared to do yeah. that. We did it only a couple of times in school, mm-hmm. and the students would figure it out eventually. And then because they would laugh and snicker, the teachers would. Right, because they couldn't hold it in. Yeah, but again, mm-hmm. so we were so like, I think we were just so much didn't want to get in trouble for it that we had to make sure it wasn't on a test day, that mm-hmm. nothing was due. And we didn't like do anything that would affect each other's grades right. or anything. Or, and, you know, plagiarize or anything like yeah. that. And it was always on April Fool's Day or right around there. So that way everyone would take it as a joke and we wouldn't get punished. And the teachers yeah. loved it too. And that's true. Yeah, and so we never got in trouble for it. Everybody had a blast. I just think that we probably like didn't play with it as much as like maybe other people right. might have done. Right, right. You weren't as mischievous. No. Yes. Or like we never tried to like do that like in front of our families. Like we never like intentionally deceived like our parents. Like, mm-hmm. oh no, that was my sister. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, that was Becca. So. Well, if you just both don't claim either identity, then you can't get in trouble for anything, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, let's go on to adulthood here. Um, living situation. Do you guys live together now? Have you lived together in the past outside of your parents' home? So we lived together for pretty much our entire lives up until, well, one, when I went to Tucson and when I finally came back, we lived together again. Yeah. And then it wasn't until 2018 that I moved in with a boyfriend and she bought her own house. Yes. And then we, I briefly moved back in and then I got my own place. So we haven't lived together since 1920. Yeah. 1920. So just a couple of years really. Yeah. Um, but I would say probably just the majority of our lives we did live together. Mm-hmm. So was there an adjustment period there? Like, uh, like when you went to Tucson, yeah. did you guys feel like, oh, I turned to my twin and they're not there? Yeah, um, I I think you cried when I left, and I cried when I got to Tucson. And um, I I think that's a big part of why it was hard for me to adjust to UVA and life at Tucson. Um, I just it was it was a feeling I had never experienced before, and it was probably I wasn't ready. I think I think I thought I could do it, and then I I found out I wasn't really ready to sever that with Sarah because it did yeah. feel like a severance almost. Well. So it was, for me, it was weird not having her there. Um, so we did like talk and text and do all that, you know, like on a regular basis, but I was still living at home. So it was only like part, probably partially mm-hmm. as um, upsetting for me as it was for her. Cause at least I still had my family, like, you know, Yeah. Um, but for her, she was, it was not, it's not just a normal like college experience of like getting homesick. And then now you don't have like your best friend anymore that you've spent right. 18 years with. So back to the, having to make friends, it was literally <laughs> a, like a crash course, uh, crash course, sorry, on 
figuring out how to sustain friends and um, being social. Being social. I, you know what? And I didn't also realize how easy it was for us to kind of make an introduction for ourselves because if you're there together, the easiest thing is, oh my God, they're sisters, they're twins. Like, let's go yeah. talk to them. Like, you know? The public will do that for right. us. Right. And it was now figuring out how to put myself out there as an individual. I no longer had. I was like figuring out who I was again, you know, a lot of students go through that, but I had like that extra level of figuring out who I was outside of being a train because I no longer had that representation with me, you know, that ready, right. you know, representation. So it was hard. Um, now relationships, <laughs> was there ever jealousy between each other about, you know, you're, I don't see you anymore because you're in this invested relationship or anything like that? Um, jealousy, I don't think. So. I think there was a lot of sadness. Yeah. Because, so she's had like more serious relationships. And I felt like a lot of times it was like, I never expected her to like necessarily choose me over any of her boyfriends. But I think what would upset me is that she would like she would basically just throw me to the side for a boyfriend <laughs> like, <laughs> like like if we had plans it was i'm not sure if it was because we had such a natural relationship but like she would just it would for her i think it was she felt like it was understood that like i would just be accepting of the fact that like she would cancel on me to to be with a boyfriend or like mm -hmm. go on a date or i was whatever. horrible about that stuff i didn't know how to jungle juggle that yeah and so i'm like I, like you know it's fine like i would say want to be happy for her but at the same time i'm just like hey like we were gonna go to the movies and all of a sudden you're just like oh by the way i have other plans yeah <laughs> it was like that was horrible of me though tilted. it was tilted. it was and it wasn't for if people who weren't even worth it really i would say i, I don't know but yeah. it was i think it was we, it took us a long time to figure out a balance of like oh it yeah did. but you do want you know like we do see it people outside of us so that right was, like i need to put an equal amount of effort into a relationship that could possibly be you right. know my future husband you know as much as i do my sister who will always be there because eventually we'll become a sort of tricycle <laughs> right well how did uh people you dated react to being twins was there ever issues with that yeah um so right now i'm engaged right and he has taken it with the most amount of grace and he is a champ when it comes to it like i have i think that's one of the reasons why i knew like he was the one right, right. um he has taken her in and understands our bond and understands that she will again always be like that not like a third wheel but she's no, always i said that this is a tricycle yeah <laughs> and so he he understood that and so i i really appreciate it. that's why i um that was just you know anyways but my previous relationship which was really serious um he had a really hard time with it like i could go to the gym with her right not with her we would we would go take like the same class at the gym and then because we weren't really talking throughout the day i would and we would end up calling each other on my way home and so we'd still be talking when i got home right and he would be upset and he would say things like well you just saw her why would you need to keep talking to her i'm like well, you don't understand and he and he did it and so it made it that much harder i think so sometimes well, i'm understanding you're probably used to that level of communication with each other and when huh. someone's interrupting that communication it's basically them asking you to change right how you've been living your whole life right she's basically a part of me it's like trying to say okay well i need you to ignore that part of you right it i mean it's like any relationship certain things people aren't going to agree with about you and you have to decide whether the relationship's worth that or not exactly and i have a feeling that a twin is a make or break deal non-negotiable yeah. <laughs> Um, and then career-wise, you said you both worked for the city. Did you work together at all? No. No? I mean, not when we worked for the city, but, like, we have worked at the same, like, part-time jobs. Mm -hmm. Like, we oh, yeah. did work together at JCPenney for a while yeah. and at Barrow's Pizza for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember when you worked at Barrow's. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it. I was uh, neighbors with the Barrow's. Yeah. Yes. Um... Well, let's talk a little bit about the science of twins. Yeah. Um, you guys touched on that a little bit on your podcast. Um, so you hear a lot of things about twins, like birth weight is usually less. Um, mm -hmm. 
now i don't know how that affects health i don't even know how much you guys know about these kinds of things <laughs> but uh we come born with this knowledge <laughs> right but uh do you know is there like uh are there certain health issues that are more prominent among twins oh. um or issues at birth other i mean other than obvious things like conjoined twins will have their issues or um premature births but like uh anything like that that you guys have heard about or learned about as far as i know any all the research i have done there's unless it happens right at birth there's nothing lasting no um diseases that are or um disorders i think that are prevalent in twins well not necessarily like yeah like genetic disorders but there's like okay so because we're typically born early um like it's at least two weeks early oftentimes sooner um it's all they're good that's why they're usually lower birth rate weights um and then because the organs are not necessarily fully formed i think like jaundice there's a higher case of like people being or babies being jaundiced um but not anything lasting yeah i think typically if they make it they'll right. be just like regular babies mm -hmm. healthy babies so that's that's pretty much it mm -hmm. so that's a little anticlimactic yeah <laughs> well not everything's going to be striking oil yeah. um, i do have a interesting little story my so my mom her birthday was actually yesterday ah. her brother's birthday was also yesterday <laughs> Okay. But they are three years apart. Well, then what were your grandparents doing at the a, same time? <laughs> they have a very specific schedule, I think. They do. Yeah. No, uh, so when my uncle was a kid, he had this growth on his, I think it was on his knee, if I remember right. Oh. And he went into the doctor to get it removed and they did some tests on it, apparently. And it had cells of teeth and hair in it. And the doctor said, yeah, I think you split off like you were going to be a twin and then reabsorbed the cells and the cells didn't grow from that point on. So basically you had little bits of potential twin in your knee, which... Uh, that would be horrible. I've heard about that though. Yeah. Like, yeah, they reabsorbed them yeah. and then there was a little bit of complications from that. Yeah, so I thought it was interesting that that happened, and then his little sister was born on his birthday. Uh, just kind of a weird anomaly. Do they ever talk about that? Not really. I I mean, every year on their birthday, he'll bring up that she stole his thunder or something like that. But <laughs> that's about the extent of it. She was just reborn. Are they a year apart? You said three years apart. I think it's three. Okay. Um, we have a lot of weird birthday stuff in our family. Like, so I have one female first cousin on each side, my dad's side and my mom's side. Mm -hmm. My sister was born on September 13th. So were both of these female first cousins. The yeah. only female cousins we have. It's really weird. Yeah. That's um like a that's support and evidence for like the sign, the astrological signs and stuff like that. I, mean, I just watched Indian matchmaker and they always um, pair people based on their signs and, you know, the astronomy and stuff like that. Astronomy. Right. But that's the case for that. <laughs> I, think know, so? I, no. I feel like, I feel like that's more of like genetics. Like their family for some reason has a birth schedule and they're sticking to it. <laughs> and that, so they yeah. only want procreate on certain days. Yes. yes they really yes. celebrate the holidays, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's why it's probably more culturally than anything. It's the way I'm sticking with the astrology. Okay. That's what, that's evidence for that. Okay. Um, so when I signed on to this zoom and you guys were like straight face, not saying anything yet, I could not tell you apart. Oh, we thought what? it was the lighting because we chose no, to do the, no. the window. <laughs> but the second you guys started talking, I immediately knew who was who. Mm. After all the parties and all the what? chemistry classes. Right. Well, your mannerisms are not the same. Mm -hmm. The way you speak is not the same. No. But without that, I didn't know who was who. And I thought that was interesting that like your aura or energy or whatever, I, I was like, oh, that... Now I got it. I know who's who. Okay. So say now that you know, you know, I mean, I think you've seen her before, maybe not, but now that you know yeah. what we both look like, if we were walking down the street, not together, just one of us down the street, could you tell which one it was? I don't think so. Okay. 
until you started talking. But I'm not talking at that point. I'm just walking down the street. Like, like say, say you weren't even talking to me. Uh-huh. Say you walked up to a stranger and started talking with a stranger. I could tell who it was. Oh, okay. But without any of the, the like social, like you give different social cues, you use different little facial mannerisms. True. Like that gives it away. But I, I thought it was interesting. Are you an observant person or not observant person? Am I observant? Do you think you're observant? Do you, uh, do you tell people I'm an observant well, person? Well, if you ask me, yes. If you ask uh, Sarah, my wife, yeah. probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so I had a question too. Do you know twins or have you grown up with twins or family members or uh, classmates? Or? Yeah, I have a couple uh, couple experiences. My One of my best friends in kindergarten was a twin. Um, they were from Germany, two little redhead German kids that barely spoke English. And I'd <laughs> I'm sure go over you had there. a field day with that. Yeah, I go over to their house and play video games and Ninja Turtles with them and all that. Um, and then in the band days, we played with a band called De Soleil, hmm. and their singer and bass player were identical twins. Um, and then I know. This guy, Chad, who is an identical twin, but I don't really know his brother. Hmm. Um, so fair amount of experience with identical twins. Um, I didn't really grill them like this, though. <laughs> so did you ask them the exact same questions? I mean, it's been a while. That was an interview, so... <laughs> but from twin to twin set, were you, was it the same like four questions that you asked them? Um, I mean, the ones I really knew best were the ones in kindergarten. So I probably asked a lot of silly questions a five-year-old would ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why are there two of you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why do you look the same? <laughs> um, so, but the reason I said that about not being able to tell you apart until you started speaking, that seems like um, in the nature versus nurture argument, a nurture thing, like your environment and experiences shaped your individual personalities. Do you guys feel like you're different in any specific ways because of that? Like, I feel like one of you might I... be a little more outgoing than the other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he saw me, I was like miserable at a concert. Yeah. He's like, she looks like she doesn't want to be here. I'm like, cause I don't. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what concert so. was that? Oh, the geez. No, no, they never played with the use. It was your no, concert. No, it wasn't their concert. It was their concert. Was it? Yeah. Oh. I don't remember concert. going to that. <laughs> it was, I think it was your concert. <laughs> you wouldn't though, would you? Ah, uh, fair point. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you get a little rowdy at those. No, I don't remember who you were playing with. It was... Was it at Crescent? It might have been. I think so. Might have been with like a change of pace. Um... Oh, you know what? I think you're right. I think it was with a change of pace. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So... I... But yeah, he was miserable. That's true. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. I do think our environment has changed us. So I, um, so like growing up, I had this, the really worst case of eczema, which, and she didn't right? So like, it was pretty disgusting. And, <laughs> and I felt like people were always looking at me in a bad way. So not only are people like, oh, you're twins, but then it's like, oh, and you're kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible to say. Well, kids are mean. So yeah. I just felt like I was never comfortable with myself, mm-hmm. like in any aspect. Right. So I just feel like I've been, that just made what was already like biologically there, which I probably am tend to be just more reserved anyway. Yeah. Um, right. Just a little bit worse. And so now it's like, oh, now I just don't feel comfortable around people. So <laughs> when we were kids too, she looked even though we looked pretty identical, mm. she looked, well, according to her family, she looked exactly like my mom. Um, that's what they said. They could always tell her up, apart because she looked, she was my mom. So like they would just call her Dina Jr. <laughs> and my dad would tell me that he thinks that played a little bit of on my personality because, you know, all I heard growing up until like, you know, four or five, which is like her formative years, you know, that, you know, Dina Jr., Dina Jr., Dina Jr. And so it was always like, I was kind of left out in a way, even though I don't have conscious, you know, feelings about that that's what he says and so I think sometimes I wonder if he's right because I think I felt like I had to be a little bit more agreeable of a disposition so that way I could you know compete with that I could see how that would nurture me into a more agreeable a more outgoing over personality Hmm. you know Um, compete with the looks (laughs) 
<laughs> so your podcast is called Cryptophagia. Uh-huh. Which I'm to understand if I remember correctly. That's like when twins have their own language, right? Mm-hmm. Do you Correct. guys have any of that? Do you have I like, was gonna come. <laughs> at least terms you use that maybe no one else does or things like that? It's not so much like an own, our own language. It's more we I, are used to talking to each other in a certain way. We talk in circles. We cut off our true. sentences, cut off our words. We'll use the opposite word we mean to, but we don't ever have to correct ourselves because so while it's almost nearly unintelligible, you know, to an outside person, to us, we know exactly what we're saying. We never have to re, really repeat ourselves or it's explain. Actually, yeah, it's actually made us really lazy in our communication. It has. <laughs> so in a sense, it kind of is, but it's more just like a shorthand as opposed to another language. That's true. Gotcha. Um, or like, I always like, I and the way I think of it in my brain is like, so you have inside jokes with your friends, right? And the closer you are with your best, better friends, the more you could kind of just say something and they just get it, right? Um, I feel like for us, that's just more intense, right? Like it's just, so take that, what you would have with like a good friend and multiply that by like 10. And then that's kind of, I think in and of itself, like our language. Right. Well, that's interesting because this isn't exactly the same thing, but uh, playing in a band with someone for a long time, Mm -hmm. you get these things like you can look at each other and be like, okay, we're going to do this, like almost like a, well, you've met Nick. Yeah. Our our drummer, I've been playing. He's my cousin. I've been playing drums with him, or playing music with him, since we were like ten. Mm-hmm. So he calls it throwing alley oops. Okay. Like, like okay. I can look at him a certain way, and he knows exactly what I want him to do at that upcoming moment of the song, yeah. just because we've done it for so long. And it's not like we have our own language. We just can signal each other in this weird under the radar way and i feel like that's kind of what you're doing with each other it is exactly i think that's actually the perfect example um or situation on how to explain that specific bond Mm -hmm. um i think when we try to tell people like that's that's what we're going for right like that's the exact that's how we would explain like twin telepathy or secret language or whatever it is it's just you develop a bond and because we saw each other for every day like for 18 years yeah, that's how we yeah, that's how we describe telepathy. We already asked us, can we read each other's thoughts? You know, do we have twin telepathy basically? And we we always tell them no. It's somebody coined it for us one time. It was twin intuition, but that really is no different than like you have a special bond with your cousin because you guys are almost like siblings too, right? You guys were right. really close growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And just it was compounded with being in a band. It's you guys start to learn how to um, communicate haptically, not so much verbally, and um, more like how animals do. It's just that little. Yeah facial expression will let you know exactly what you need to do and that's again like she said that's pretty much what we do it's not really anything mystical I I think that's it's completely explainable yeah and I I listen to this podcast it's like uh, a lot of evolutionary biology Mm -hmm. and they talk about animal communication and animals use a lot of things like that where a human being watching them is not going to know they're communicating but they're doing certain things that signal each other Hey, there's food this way, or there might be a predator over there. Like things we would never even imagine they're talk talking, quote unquote, to each other right. about. Um, and that's probably from you know, like for wolves out hunting in packs every day, they develop systems. So you've basically developed a system to get to a point faster, which right. I have not developed on this podcast. That's just why I ramble on for. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, she's like three, we're pack. Yeah, let me say that. That's a good we're a pack of two. Yeah, pack of two. <laughs> two pack. Two pack. Two pack. Um, so uh cryptophagia, we mentioned the podcast. Oh, uh, do you know though that do you remember you might not, because I think it was one of the at one of those parties that you had this running joke that um as a twin that if I ever started a band, I should call it cryptophagia because of that. Oh, do you remember I did. that? Yeah, I do. You did. That. And so I had rem- <laughs> when we were talking about j- different names for our podcast, throwing it out there, because we also want to we have a couple of different things, different ventures that we need a name for. And I think um that was thrown out there though. And yeah, I just remember that. So congratulations, you made it onto the podcast. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> yeah, we'll credit you with that. <laughs> um, so what inspired you to start one? Uh, is it all the questions? Is it? Uh, I'll let you go with that one first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Thank you. <laughs> uh, so we, we kind of explained a little bit in our first episode, but it was, I think it's the fact that we're just, um, I think we're just surprised re really that we continue to get people as interested. And it seems like the twin phenomena just isn't going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think it's both in pop culture and science and just in our daily lives. And so I think we're like, well, we feel like we have enough entertainment value <laughs> and all that, that we could probably like send it out to hopefully an adoring audience at some point. So, um, and I think just the, the recent experiences from me working at the city, yeah. I think kind of spurred us on. And one of Becca's coworkers is like, oh, if you guys had a podcast, I'd listen to that. So we're like, oh yeah, you know. And that was just fuel for the fire. Um, I've been listening to podcasts a lot more lately and I just like the idea of them. She swears that back, like, a, I don't know, a year or two ago, she had this idea that maybe not so focused on twins, but that we had enough like pop culture opinions and um, just different stories. And we have a lot of different um, arguments and debates and stuff that we could probably throw a podcast and get people to weigh in. And, you know, at the end of the day, say who's right and who's wrong or whatever. I don't but know, something. She yeah. says that she has, I don't remember that, but I, in a way she was right between that and the twins. I think we, it's just funny. And when people listen to us and, you know, talk about our stories, they tend to have a good time. We tend to be a little bit of a, like a, um, like a party, not a party favor, but you know, circus act like a circus act in a way and so we're like we just need to take it to the airwaves like we, I, we think we had a something there so um she was talking about something completely random and i don't even remember what it was but I, for some reason it tied into this idea that lately more and more that has been marinating in my head and i'm like this, i think we need to start a podcast i think right there whatever she said that you know we need to and she was like okay and so we did yeah i mean i after doing this for i think this is like my 10th or 11th episode and I always kind of, as I did it, felt more and more like I wanted a co-host. Mm -hmm. Like I need someone I can bounce ideas off of that's not necessarily a guest for one specific purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because um, I feel like there's a lot of creative things you can do. You can, you could even run your own twin experiments separately from each other, you know, like see if we come yeah. up with the same idea or all kinds of things like that. And when you're doing it alone, I. I kind of depend on each random guest that might not vibe with me the same way as someone that's there every episode. Right. So I'm jealous of that. <laughs> I was going to ask you, how do you like doing your podcast? Uh, it's super fun, but it is a lot of work. I think I overproduce it. Mm. Um, okay. That sounds like you. Yeah. Like, cause I was never like the, I'm going to go write a song guy. I was like, let's write a concept album. <laughs> it's like manic. So here's my mood board. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so I overdo it. And like my first episode took me like probably 10 total hours to put That's out an long. hour and a half long podcast. And I was like, okay, how do I cut the fat here? And every episode <laughs> it's doing that to where like, now I'm just like, okay, what questions do I want to ask? Here's the three things I'm going to do to prep and the end. Because I waste so much time just trying yeah. to perfect this everything. This is supposed to be a hobby. Like <laughs> I know. I'm trying to turn it into like the Tonight Show and it's just <laughs> too much. Like, Watch out to be volunteer. <laughs> well, because I have a lot of friends that podcast. Like when you'll, You guys will notice when you start doing it, other podcasts are going to start contacting you. Mm -hmm. Like this one. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I thought that as like a small business helping a small business, you know, like you said, you know, help your own. And that was cool. Well, yeah, sure. And it's interesting to see how other people do it. Mm -hmm. And listening to yours, I'm like, oh, they're not worried about all this extra crap. No, they're just getting to the meat of it. And it's really fun to listen to. Whereas I'm like, let's see if we did a did an intro song and then we'll have exchanges here and here. Like. <laughs> But I will say yours does sound like a professional podcast and ours sounds like it's a, you know, we turned on anchor and just started talking. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I listen to a lot of interview podcasts like uh, for different things, some for like science, some for culture, some are like celebrity, like Dax Shepard's podcast I listen mm -hmm. to. And a lot of those are super casual. Like they might have a catchy, well-produced theme song, uh -huh. but then it's just them chatting for, you know, an hour and a half. Right. Yeah which is basically your setup right mine's like let's look at our outline <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm more organized for this than I was for my college classes. Oh my God, that explains so much. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so you guys have that loose vibe. Um, are you, do you basically go in now thinking each episode is a topic? Yes. Yeah, so we do actually have um, an outline of what we want to cover in each episode. Sarah's actually kind of our content creator, if you will. Okay. She's kind of curated, um, curated basically two seasons worth of material that we could reasonably do. And it's going to be everything where we'll probably address a major question in each episode. And then we'll probably do some, you know, pop culture stuff like we're super geeky and into Harry Potter and stuff like that. Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones would be like sorting ourselves into different houses or gotcha. Um, we'll have different people we are going to interview. Like we'll probably interview my fiance on our relationship episode and we'll go over basically the question you kind of asked how we were in a relationship. Uh, yeah, so we uh, so we have a general plan, right? Mm -hmm. But then we take each episode and we're like, okay, let's try to make it conversational. Right. So, <laughs> um, we struggled a little bit with the first episode because we were like, we tried a couple of different formats and we just thought it was more successful if one of us like kind of introduces a topic and then says like what kind of information. So like we did do a little bit of biology, right? So one of us talked about the biology and then the other one kind of just throw in their input. So I think that was just, we found yeah. out like that was probably what works for us the best. So we need a loose structure. Yes. But other than structure. that, we just make it conversational and yeah. Cause then like one time we just thought, oh, one of us would just present material mm -hmm. and then the other one would kind of like jump in, right? Or like the entire episode. And we realized that the other person that was supposed to just jump in literally just sat there and listened to the other, like the first one <laughs> that read. That was funny. So we're like, well, wait, how, like, you know, that defeats the purpose. So yeah. we just thought, okay, we'll switch it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I've talked with a few other podcasters. I had a true crime podcaster on a previous episode. She's the host, of, one of the hosts of Dark Chatter. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting to see how everyone has their different system, but no matter what system you have, it tends to evolve in some way. Yeah. So I feel like uh, as you guys go, you'll notice little changes. I mean, I'm sure some podcasts change more than others, but you'll tweak little things and uh -huh. iron out kinks and figure out, Hey, maybe this doesn't work as well as we thought, or, Oh, here's a new idea we can throw in. Um, it's just interesting to see how things turn out differently than you planned. So far, have you been happy? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Have you been happy with your, the way your podcast is turning out? For the most part. Um, I always get excited when a guest comes on and they have a laptop and not a phone. Uh, okay. Uh, I know some people aren't really into the recording stuff or being on social media or so they're less aware of how things might come off. Like, I've had interviews where people are on their phone for the interview and there's background noise and babies oh. crying. And, uh, so I'm trying to edit around stuff and it doesn't always work. And like my, my sister-in-law was on, oh, speaking okay. of, sorry, it's not a baby. It's my cat. And she's very, it was, oh, she got up from her nap and all of a sudden she's like, what are you guys doing? Sorry, but continue. But yeah, it's when people are prepared and can help it, come off professional or at least uh listenable that's always nice because you'll get people where they're in the noisiest place and you're like how am i going to make this sound good <laughs> but yeah you guys just have a little purring cat so i think we can work with that <laughs> we can make that work right <laughs> um yeah but i mean for the most part it's been super fun good. uh you said you're having you're gonna have guests on at some point um that helps in a lot of ways mm -hmm. like you have a guest on and then they tell people hey listen to this podcast i was on and then some of those people stick around okay That's cool. like at least i've noticed like you guys are on anchor so you can see how like oh this many people listen to this episode this yeah and it seems to grow as long as you're producing them so i'm interested i haven't done a new one in months and months now so i'm not sure how many listeners are gonna pop back on or how many are gone forever so where can people listen to it um bunch of places now and i every day i feel like i put it on a new platform but so far of course anchor 
Spotify. Um, we're on uh, iPodcasts. We're on Applecast. So Applecast. Um, Amazon Podcasts. We're on Pocket Casts. And oh. yeah, I know I've been doing. I've been a little She's, busy. Bee. She has. I, it's funny because I've always felt like the balance of our the workload is not equal. Because I feel like she's doing everything. I'm just literally almost like showing up for the episode. <laughs> I can tell you, being a content creator is almost harder than just working on the logistics. It doesn't because, feel that way, but like, yeah. you know, so like, she's like doing all these things and all of a sudden she's like, she'll send me a text. She's like, oh, by the way, this, this is happening. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, so pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast, that's pretty much where we are right now. Or if it's not, it will be in the very near future. And if you go to our social media um, sidecar adventures, I have a highlighted reel where it shows the link to all of the different apps we're on. Awesome. And I will, uh, when this episode's posted, we'll post about it on my social media and I'll link everybody to yours as well. Is there anything else you guys wanted to cover before we wrap up? We're good. I think we're okay. I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah. A variety so wait, are we of your questions. first, are we your first interview since you've been back? Yeah, this is the first uh, one. Okay. Um, nice. yeah, I took a, took a hiatus for the summer and I think my new system is just going to be do an episode and you feel like doing an episode and throw it up. Last time I waited till I had like a stockpile that I could yeah. put them out like every two weeks. But, That's I think uh, what we're doing is basically like every two weeks, it's give us like a week to record a week to minor edits, you know, like you said, any crying babies and then post. And it'll probably be that format for like a good, like a first season of 10 episodes, probably take yeah. a break, do another season. Yeah, I'm hoping I can keep it fairly regular, but mm-hmm. life is busy. <laughs> yeah, very true. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you for coming on the show, and uh, thanks to everyone who listened to the show. Uh, check it out on Spotify. Give a five-star rating if you think it's great, and listen to Cryptophagia and give that a five-star rating if you think it's yes, great. Yes, <laughs> And uh, we will catch you all on the next episode. The Anytime Podcast with Brad White, produced by Brad White, recorded at Dudley Studios in Glendale, Arizona.